we've been blessed to have uh, Rod and Sue with us for some time. Um, and um, they're still here next week. Uh, but they're heading off to the US to see their family and connect with people and stuff over there for a while. We don't know quite how long. Um, I hear conflicting reports of from we don't really want to go, we want to stay, to we might be away for six months or, or whatever. Oh, this, I don't know. Um, but it was a great opportunity to, because to, um, we were talking about some stuff. Uh, like along the lines of the theme about what we've been talking about. And um, Rod said, I've got something that, that I can share. And I said, that's an awesome thing. So we're getting to share it in a tick. Um, is that going to work if I share what I'm going to share first, or should you go first? <laughs> I just want to share one simple thought. Um, and I'm trusting they're going to fit in. Because we've been talking about family, we've been talking about covenant love. For those that are visiting today, this is the kind of things we've been talking about. We've been talking about uh, the principle of Malachi, about the turning of hearts from the fathers to the children and the children to the fathers. And in fact, um, when, I was driving, um, when I was driving the car yesterday, um, I got a word uh, about breaking the orphan spirit and see the turning of hearts that I released on Facebook last night. And so there was a bit of a download about that. But you've got to, um, you know, and I think was it last week that I was sharing about, you know, some of the, the, the pressures and the warfare and some of the things that I'd personally, personally been going through. And in the midst of all that, though, hands up, who knows that even in the battle that God is still speaking? Okay, so if you don't know that, the truth is that even in the midst of the battle, God is speaking. And the thing is, which voice are you listening to? Are you listening to the voice that says you're a failure, it won't work out, that, you know, it didn't happen last time, it won't happen again, like, you know, and all the other lies or whatever it comes, or are you listening to the voice of your father? It's really important, important that we listen to the voice of God. In all things, in all things, in all circumstances. And I found myself over the last couple of weeks processing some stuff. And through many different people and many different situations, there's just been an outworking of that processing. And um, God was really speaking to me about, in, in the midst of that all, He was speaking to me about, um, you know, fathering. And it was just like a light bulb moment. Hands up who's had a light bulb moment. Okay, we've had a few people had a, had a light bulb moment. That's good. We should have more of them. Because you can read scriptures and you can talk about stuff, but then you have a light bulb moment. And I was thinking about my sons, and well, I've got one son sitting, sitting here today. Um, I was thinking about the fact that what is really needed, because we live in a church culture, which it's not meant to be this way, but so many people view it this way, it's like a pyramid. And people are, um, are clamoring and climbing to try and reach the top. They certainly do that in the world, don't they? They cheat, they steal, they talk about people behind their back. And unfortunately, we've seen it in the life of the church, not this church, but the life of church in general in this nation, that people are competing and there's jealousy and there's gossip and all this stuff because, because, because they're trying to be noticed, they're trying to be somebody. And Rod's going to speak about that in a minute. But, but they're trying to be someone or they're trying to be noticed because there's something in here that's not quite right. There's something that hasn't been turned on, you know, there's something in us that 
that hasn't been awakened yet. The realisation that we are adopted into the beloved, that we are sons and daughters, that we do have purpose. And it it doesn't matter what position we are in, but we have purpose. Amen. And I was thinking about that kind of stuff, and I was processing with the Browns during the week, because we had them over for dinner about soccer and and stuff, and um, because I've been a soccer coach for probably 20, how old are you? (laughs) How old's Nick? About 20 years, 20 years straight, I've been a soccer coach, and that, and that is a principle at play. But then, so God was speaking to me about that, and then I had conversations with other people, and the Lord was really speaking to me about fathering. And I was thinking about my sons. Malachi's young. When your son is born, you have to do a lot of stuff for your child, don't you? Okay, this is not rocket science. This is, this, this is good. You have to do a lot of things for your children when they're young. And in fact, you ch- in fact, your child is dependent on you because, you know, for a period of time because they can't feed themselves. They can't clean themselves. They can't clothe themselves. And so children are very, are very dependent upon people. And so too when people are born again. When someone is born again, like, like let's just say Kathy led someone to the Lord the person can become very dependent upon that one person. And, they, you know, so Kathy's part of the role is I have to keep pointing them to Jesus and I have to help them realise that there are more and more people around them that can also help them because otherwise we, we create a dependency model. And much of the church is almost in a dependency model because they're looking for the prophet or the pastor or the leader or the teacher to do something for them rather than the fathering model, and when I say fathering, you know, I include mothering in that too, but that, that model of, no, no, I actually want to help you to do it. And so you reach a point when your children grow up that you have to start letting them do things. You have to start giving them space, and sometimes they fall off their push bike. I clearly remember, I can say it today because Nick's not here, he was hurtling down our driveway in Riverside, 486 West Tamer Road, and he got a brand new bike. And his, and his, and his bike previous was, was it the foot one or the handle one first? The foot pedal. You know where you push your, pedal, your pedals back the other way and it locks your, locks your brake up? Remember going on those BMXs where you're racing and you lock your wheel up and you do a big skid? So that was the bike that he was used, used to. But all of a sudden he had a mountain bike. He had a big boy's bike and it was, it was brakes. And so he's hurtling down our driveway, okay? So he's got something new and he's got something that he's not used to. And so he's hurtling down, and I must admit I didn't handle it very well in the end, okay? I, was, I had to apologise to him afterwards. But the garage door was open, the car was sitting in the driveway and I was standing in front of the car, and I saw him hurtling down, and the next minute he goes, I can't stop, I can't stop, because he's trying to use his foot brakes, because that's what he was used to, and I was going, hit the brakes, hit the brakes, and he was hurtling down, and so I literally jumped in front of our car, and I braced myself as best as I could brace myself, and I, I tell you what, it actually had to be God, because the speed that he was coming down with, and it was just little, little me, I took hold of that bike, and and I grabbed it, and, as it, and it reared up as, I, as, as it reared me, and the tyre the hit my knee, and I had a burn mark 
from the tyre as it went past my knee. Anyway, Nick was good and the bike was good. Dad was a bit crabby. <laughs> I guess what I'm trying to say is that when your kids grow up, they, you've got to give them space to try things. And you've got to give them space to do things. Because otherwise they never learn and never grow. And that continues, and that continues, and that continues. But then you've actually, you've actually, as a parent, you have to get to a point where it's like you've done what you can do, but you have to let them go. In, like Josh, Josh and Brooke bought a house, and they're getting married, and it's kind of like he's, he's still my son, and he'll always be my son, and he, and he always knows that if he needs a bit of wisdom or ask a question or whatever, he knows where to come to, doesn't he? But if I try and do too much for him, it's just not going to work, work really well. And the Lord has been speaking to me about this. I'm being really vulnerable here. Is this okay? You see, when Jesus started his ministry, he said, come follow me, didn't he? He picked out some people and he said, come follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. One of the last acts that he did before he went to the cross was he washed their feet. Do you see the change? There was this initial like, come follow me. And they followed him and they left everything and stuff. But then it turned upside down and Jesus said, I'm going to wash your feet. You know, and the pyramid structure of the church, which is completely wrong, because there is no such thing. We are, as Jesus said, oh, I'm amongst you as one who serves. We are amongst one another. It's just the gifts and the grace of God that set us apart. It's not titles. It's just the, gift, the gifts and the grace that set us apart. Is there an amen to that? You know, so we are in a place right now where if we as a family are going to reach our full potential that, we, we're, that we're called to together, that I need to take a step back from, from a lot of things. Because that's what a father does. It says, okay, we've got this person who's gifted, this person's gifted, this person's gifted, this person's got grace, this person's a leader, this person's like this, and all of a sudden you have to give them space because if you don't give people space, it just doesn't work. So you're going to see some changes over the next couple of months in terms of people being set apart to lead and build in certain areas. You're going to see other people doing things that you, that you haven't seen before. You're going to see all kinds of things shifting, but it's shifting because together we want to be all that we can be in Christ. Is there an amen to that? Amen? So you're going to have to give me a little bit of grace because the, rea- the, the reality is that we're on a journey together. And I think that some of the things that the Lord is taking us into, we haven't seen modelled before. And so when you are journeying into the unknown, it's really hard to put a stamp on things and go, this is how it's going to look like. Is that fair enough? So we need to continue to be in relationship together so that we go, you know what? We just got to give each other a bit of grace in this because we're going to just follow the, the Ark of the Covenant. We just got to follow the Holy Spirit. But I really believe that this nation at, at this point in time, we need to go this path because we need the fathers and the mothers. We need this kind of culture. We need love. We need family. We need discipleship. We need this kind of thing manifesting in the church more than ever because this is what our nation needs for such a time as this. The reality is if that we were told that we couldn't meet together in this way, 
that we have people that could, that could, that they could lead home groups, that could, they could do things, that we could connect with each other, and we could still function as the body of Christ, even if we weren't meeting like this. And I think God is wanting all of us to realise that He has more for us. And so sometimes we have to let go of some things to be able to step into the more. Is there an amen to that? I hope I made some kind of sense in that, because that was just totally... I didn't, yeah, that was off the cuff, just like Matt was off the cuff a minute ago. Come on, Rod. <laughs> well, after three years, uh, we're going to see our kids and grandkids and great-grandkids over in the States. Uh, just before I start, um, this mightn't have happened uh, 12 months ago. I was diagnosed with kidney disease. Uh, the doctor said that uh, I was, my kidney function had gone down to 19 and that uh, I would uh, have to go prepare for dialysis. And, and when I heard that, I thought, how am I ever going to see my kids and grandkids if I'm on dialysis all the time? And, and I was really, really given a wake-up call. And so um, Sue was with me and she said to the doctor, well, what do we, can we do? What can we do to do this? He said, too much, too late. Well, that was a big, big shock to me. And so uh, we decided that we would do some investigating and, and uh, I had to lose weight and some things. But, you know, uh, this week I just got my test done and I'm up to 40%. And uh, the doctor can't believe it. Um, I was with a nurse and she said, well, it doesn't normally happen this way. <laughs> but we've got a God who's bigger than anything. He moves mountains. Um, I'm reading from uh, uh, Romans chapter 8, starting verse 12. So then, brothers and sisters, and we're talking family, right? We are not obligated to the flesh to live according to the flesh. But if you live according to the flesh, you are going to die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For all those led by the God's Spirit are the sons of God. For you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, Instead, you receive the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies together with our spirit that we're the children of God. And if children also heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him so that we may be also be glorified with him. So I want to talk a little bit, a little bit about adoption. Uh, we're adopted into God's family through the cross. When we receive Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit takes our sinful spirit out, our hard spirit, and gives us a spirit, a soft spirit, a spirit that now can relate to God. 
and we're made right with God through the righteousness of Jesus Christ and we're made holy uh, through what Jesus did for us. And so it's not anything of our works. We, uh, we had uh, seven children and then we ended up doing some uh, therapeutic foster care in, the upst- in upstate New York and um, somehow the Lord decided it would be a good thing for us to adopt. We adopt another six children. Uh, you know, when, you, when a child is, is adopted, it's a, it's a decision of the parent. God chose you. You're not here by accident. God chose you. When I adopted those children, I chose those children. And, uh, and so we, ado- we adopted six of them. I want to give you a little bit of history on these children. Um, four of them were for one, from one family. Uh, three of them were found in the snow. At one th- the youngest was three years old, walking at midnight with no shoes on. And the police came across them because their mother was a, 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 a drunk and an alcoholic and um, a tremendous amount of abuse in the family and the government had to take these children from the parent. Well, two went into foster care in one house and one went into another house. There was actually another one that went into care earlier than these three, and he actually went with his father, and his father abused him, and, uh, and he was so damaged he ended up in an institution. Then the three, one was adopted and, by a house and then the, um, he witnessed his adopted brother drown in front of him and then his father, adopted father died and his mother, adopted mother said, we can't have you, I can't have you anymore. And he went into an institution. The two young ones, we... We decided we'd adopt those two. And so we wanted them to be our children, so they were four and five, and we adopted them. But then we decided that the Lord was prompting our hearts that we should go for the whole family. Well, that was a a big thing because the town didn't want that to happen, and we had to fight for these kids. Well, we had another one from that town and she was brought up behind a bar. Her mother was an alcoholic. The barmaid brought her up and ended ending up adopting her. Uh, at 70 years old, she had a brain hemorrhage and shunned the girl. And she came to our house as a foster child. She, um, uh, she had no one else. And so they said, well, we'll put her, put her with you. And um, we moved from upstate New York to Florida and, and we wanted her to go with us because she had sort of come into our heart now too. And uh, to do that, we had to adopt her and take her out of care. And uh, so she was a little old. She was the oldest of all the ones we adopted. And uh, so we did adult adoption with her. 
And, um, and so we ended up with, with five of these children, broken, hurting, and, and we loved them. And, you know, sometimes in the family, um, if you don't deal with all the hurt and the rejection, we lost one very early, um, one of the, the siblings, um, because he just couldn't handle being part of a family. You know, uh, in Psalm 68, it says, God takes the lonely and puts them in a family. That's what he's done with you and all of you here. He's taken you who were probably in families that were broken and, and lives that were broken and brought them into his family. And we're his kids, right? Uh, but, you know, sometimes we, we, we really never let God really do the work and we hold back. And sometimes you see ones that are with us and they haven't really committed. And, and the first one we lost never committed to the family. And he ended up doing some criminal activity and ended up in jail for 10 years. And we lost him. Breaks your heart. Breaks the father's heart. And then uh, the rest of them had so many difficulties to face um, and, and, and some of them just hang around on the edge of the family. They want to stay part of the family, but, but they just don't trust enough and they sit outside and, and if you talk to them today, they'll say, oh, we're part of the family. But they don't get all our love because they won't let us that close. They hold us back. You know, and I'm talking to some here that have never come into the family and committed into the family. But they've held back because they, they don't trust. You know, we love them and we love them dearly. And it, and it sands our heart. But I want to talk about the last one we adopted. His name's Kevin. Uh, we... We fostered him for a time because his mother, well, you'd say she's crazy. She has mental illness and she's nutso. And she put him into foster care when he was very young. And he, when he came to our house, he'd been in 13 foster homes. Either he got them to reject him or he would re reject him and leave. So 13. So he comes to our house after 13 homes. And uh, he, he walked into my house and he said, hmm, Christian? Yes. Hmm. Filled with the Holy Spirit? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Well, this young man, just before he came to our house, had committed his life to Jesus Christ. So he lived with us for uh, a few years, two years, and then, then we came back to Australia and, and he was, stayed there but until we could organise getting him here. 
And in, in the meantime, he'd sort of disappeared and we lost him. And then we get a phone call from a judge in Florida that said, I have this young man here with me and he is uh, um, uh, brokenhearted that he's not with you. Would you adopt him? And of course we, we said, sure. What's another one? Bring him on. And so we did an adoption from Australia over the phone to America. But he had bonded with us because he had accepted our God, he accepted our way of life, and he had become part of us. Broken, yeah, like all the others. I mean, rejection, huge. But he had Jesus. Well, you know, that young man, and, and, and I want to tell you something. When, when you let go and you become part of the family, something else happens because there's blessings start to flow for you. The blessings of, of, of our Father in heaven start to come upon you. And Kevin, man, his life started to get blessed. The others struggled. But Kevin, man, God started to do things for that young man. I remember we were in Florida and we went to a, a, a service. There was a guy there who was blind from South Africa. And uh, he was praying for people who were falling on the ground. There was people laughing and he was sort of trying to get over people blind. And, 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 Ke and, and Kevin says, Dad, why doesn't God do anything for me like that? Doesn't he love me? Anyway, we walked out. Nothing had happened for Kevin. But we got to the car and the Holy Spirit came down on Kevin. <laughs> And, and he started laughing and laughing and laughing. The Holy Ghost got hold of him. But you know, he had a desire for God. He had a desire for the family. Well, he went on to get a degree from the university. He became part of the National Guard in the United States. And... Uh, and, and the Lord was with him in just an amazing way. I wore this shirt especially today for two reasons. One, to honour Kevin because he was called with, his, with the National Guard to go and fight in Iraq. You know, we were there to say goodbye to him and we never knew whether he'd come back or not. We were given this T-shirt at that time. You know, I, I know how the Father feels when you're going through battles, when you're fighting. And that, but he's with you in it. Jesus was with Kevin in Iraq, let me tell you that. But, but, the God, but God knows what you're going through. He knows the battles you're facing. He knows. And, and it hurts him too. Like we stood there and, and it was just heartbreaking to send our son to go to war. We didn't know whether he was even going to come back. Well, praise the Lord, he came back. And, 
But Kevin went on um, to do very, very well, and, uh, but he was single. And uh, he was up in Boston and in, in, in the church. And um, there was a couple that were heading from Texas all the way up to Maine and happened, happened to stop in, in the church Kevin was at. Kevin's out the front and he welcomes them. And uh, they start talking. This couple go up to Maine. They go back and they've got two daughters that are single back home. And, and they say to the old one, or the, one of the daughters, her name's Charity. Charity, who's never kissed a boy. Charity, I found your husband. Well, eventually they got talking and got married. Have two of our grandchildren. And she's a wonderful girl that loves the Lord and they worship together and minister together. You know, when you're totally committed, when you're sold out, not just for Jesus, but for the family, to be part of the family. You know, we, we, Tim says that we have mixed feelings. Yeah, we've got mixed feelings because we've come here and we've been loved and we love you. But God has a plan for the family. You know, he wants you to know love and to be loved. That's, that's his plan. We come in here and sometimes we don't know love. But as a family, we experience love. And we then have the chance to love and to express the love of the Father. And sometimes we forget that, that we might have a problem and have rejection in our lives. And, we, and most of us have when we come to Christ. But when we're in the family, we learn to receive love and let God do what he wants to do in us so that we can love. It's time for the church to grow up and to love and to be loved and let the love of God and let others use the love of God to love them. Tim, if, you, if you've struggled being part of God's family, if, you, if you're just one of the fringe ones, and you know who you are, and, and you come here and, and you see some people, ha- their hands up and worshipping and loving God, and, 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 and you, you're struggling with that, you might come and... And, and you feel like you're just sort of on the edge of everything and not really in the click and part of everything else. If you're like that, I wonder if you'd stand for me today. If you, I wonder if you'd stand and let God touch you in a special way. Would there be anybody like that here? Firstly, if you don't know Jesus, to come and, and know God's love, you first have to come to Jesus. You have to open your life up and accept everything Jesus did for you on the cross of Calvary. 
He died for your sins. He died for everything that separated you from the Father. He, he died so you can know the love of the Father and, and be adopted into the family. And if you're like that here today, please stand. Please stand with these that are standing. But if you're, if you're just feeling that, that you're like one of those foster children and, 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 and you haven't been able to break through and, 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 and to feel loved and, and to be loved in the family, would you stand? Thank you for those that are standing. I just want to give you time because this is really important because God has you as his child. You were adopted into his family. He has no stepchildren, only children. And he loves his children, every one of them. I love every one of those children I adopted. Every one of them. Whether they're close to me or away from me. I love them. And God loves you. But he brings you into a family to know that love from others. Is there any more that would stand today? To say, look, I'm on the edge. I, I'm, I'm not really right in there. I just know a few people. I don't know a lot of people. And I've never reached out to anybody. Is there any more? Thank you. I see that person. Maybe some around could just put their hands on those that are standing. Father, I thank you for the privilege of being adopted into your family and to be your child. Father, there's one standing here today, Father, that have never... Um, Lord, they're on the fringe of the family. They're not right in the family. And, and Lord, some of that is because they... Lord, they they haven't known love. They've only known rejection. Father, some have 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 tried, and 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 Lord, it hasn't it hasn't worked, and have given up. Father, some have never known that love. And I just ask for your hand to be upon each one standing right now. And that, Father, that you would release them from whatever would hold them back. In the name of Jesus, I declare freedom over their lives. I declare them to be free in the name of Jesus. And, Father, that your love would just penetrate their hearts right now. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Mm. 
<laughs> oh. We were we were going to sing a song, but I don't pray. Maybe we might finish a bit differently today. What do you reckon? Where's Kathy? Can you just play the keys? Where are you? Yeah. Thank you, Lord. That was good, wasn't it? It's good. Father, we want to thank you today that your love is, is so high. It's so wide, it's so deep, it's so long. Lord, for all of us, we ask that you continue to give us revelation upon revelation of your love. That we'd have encounters with your love because, Lord, we know that your perfect love, your whole love, your agape love, God, every aspect of your love, God, your love casts out fear. Fear of connection, fear of rejection, fear of relationship, fear of failure, fear of fear of fear of fear of it casts out all fear. We thank you. So Lord, we even ask God in those encounters for dreams and visions, for other manifestations of your love, God, that each one of us would be totally secure and totally whole in every way in Jesus' name. God, that we would be a people that see the hearts of the fathers turn to the children and the children to the fathers. That we would be a people that love those who are struggling to love themselves. God, we ask for that love revival, that outpouring of your love and your glory that sets the captives free that breaks every chain and all bondage in Jesus' name. Oh, we ask for that revelation of your love that we would love one another the way that you love us. We thank you for the grandparents. We thank you for the parents. We thank you for the kids. We thank you, God, that you're stirring in our hearts to see the curse of the orphan spirit broken over this nation. But it has, to, it has to start with us. Lord, we thank you that the curse of generations being divided is being broken. We call it, even though it's not is, we call it as if it is in Jesus' name. We speak those things that aren't as if they are in Jesus' name. So we thank you, God. These things are breaking over this nation. That there is a love revival. Just as the rain is being poured out across this nation afresh. We thank you for the rain in Alice Springs in the heart of this nation. We thank you for that, it's, that they've seen the biggest rain for 20 years. We, all, we thank you that there is a shift that is happening. And the enemy can do all that he wants to do, but he is in the end powerless because you have all authority in heaven and on earth. And we as your sons and daughters are called to move and carry out that authority in Jesus' name. 
You have called us to occupy until you come. We are called to occupy until He comes. Amen. You are called to occupy. You are called to occupy in every realm and every part of your life. And in all things, you are called to occupy until He comes. So God, we want to thank you, God, that you are leading us forward. Just as, just as the Ark of the Covenant led the people of God into the promised land, that by your Spirit, O oh God, that you are leading us forward into the fullness of your promises for such a time as this. Amen. So I just want you to grab some people. We're not going to sing the song today. There's no written rule that says we have to sing a song. I just want you to grab two or three others. I feel a prophetic song rising, so I'm going to sing it. But then I just want you to pray for each other. Is that right? So grab, grab some others. Come on. Grab some others. Maybe a couple people can come up here with Kathy. You are my I am yours You are mine I am yours The veil was torn The way was made I am yours You are mine
Rabasomate, Ramasete, Ramasu. 